This might sound a little crazy, but when I can, I like to listen back to the No Dunks podcast. I look at it as sort of a day-to-day review. What worked on the pod? What could we have changed? Did I laugh a little too hard when Lee said, down to the skin? And I only listen to No Dunks on my new Sonos Move. Move is the premium portable smart speaker for listening all around your home and even outdoors. You can stream music, podcasts, radio, audiobooks, and more with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and experience clearly detailed sound and rich bass for up to 11 hours with Move's long-lasting battery and durable, weather-resistant design. 11 hours. Think of that. I could listen to every No Dunks ad read ever performed, back to back to back to back, including this one, and still have some battery life to listen to a little music. Just pick up Move off its indoor charging base and bring the sound with you from room to room. I can't even shower now without listening to a podcast or music. The water cannot touch my skin. Luckily, I got my Move. Pop it in the bathroom, boom, rub-a-dub-dub. My buddy Ken manages a video and audio center up in Canada. He was an early adopter of Sonos, and he offered, I'm not kidding you here, to buy my move off of me because he can't keep them on the shelves. It's that good. I'm not kidding. Ken says move is the best portable smart speaker on the market. Its sound quality is unmatched. I also think it just looks awesome. Good sound, cool look. That's a good combo. So go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. Who painted the Mona Lisa? Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah. Da Da Vinci? Good morning. To the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Sunday, 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 September 20th. I'm J.E. Skeets and joining us live here today, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! We've got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are again on a Sunday. We had to give Tassie the day off today. Some of the cattle on his 44 acres got loose. <laughs> Takes a while to, to track them down. Track down, yeah. It could be days. Who knows? Uh, hopefully he has some success finding those cattle, herding them up, and uh, Tassie will be back on Monday. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, when you got that much land, it's a lot of maintenance. Skeets, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you got a shepherd in the house now. Maybe you could uh, lend him some assistance that's rounding right. up the cattle. Get <laughs> along, little doggy. That's right, Luna. We're pretty sure she's Australian shepherd. Also think she might be uh, part border collie. But, yeah, I'm surprised Tass hasn't uh, called me yet <laughs> to uh, get Luna over there on his acreage and round up those cattle. We'll see. Guys, shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube on this fine, fine Sunday. Much love to everybody listening, watching the podcast later in the day as well. Keep your questions and your comments coming for next week's Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. And uh, once again, we'll sprinkle in a few questions here on today's podcast a little bit later. So uh, keep them coming because we'll do them throughout the shows all week long. But we start with Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics top the Heat 117-106 to cut their deficit Two games to one. They still trail 2-1 overall, but the Celtics, the Beantown boys are happy. They got the victory. Trey, where do you want to start with this bad boy? Wait a minute! I gotta tell you something! The Beantown boys are back! <laughs> They're back! 
back. This is the exact performance Boston needed in game three of the Eastern Conference Finals. They finally showed up to play mostly 48 minutes mostly, of the Eastern mostly. Conference Finals basketball, but the Celtics, they hit first all night. You heard it from Eric Spolstra going into the fourth quarter. They were playing with more force. Boston was aggressive and decisive the entire night, and it was really Jalen Brown who set the tone. This yeah. guy was incredible from the jump. He finished with 26 points. 14 of his 17 shots came inside the lane. There was no settling, and that was kind of the case for the Celtics the whole night. 60 to 36 advantage points in the paint for Boston, and you could just tell they were making a concerted effort to get to the rim. Uh, the Heat finally went to a zone there a couple of times, and the Celtics were better attacking it just because they put their head down and said, we're going to try and get some layups. It was basically a parade to the basket there, especially mm -hmm. in the third quarter. As for the Heat, Big Face Coffee was only serving decaf yesterday. <laughs> Jimmy, he waited too long to try and take over. Didn't do much for the first three quarters. Kind of didn't do much even in the fourth quarter until no. there was about five minutes left. And at that point, it was a little too little too late. But um, this is exactly what you needed to see from the Celtics. You know, they uh, there was some controversy after game two. They were fighting in the locker room, and they came out and they said, this is what happens when you fight. You come back and you got to be better. It was a bounce-back game, and, you know, the effort was just incredible. They they wanted to shoot layups, so they shot layups for the whole night, and it just looked like a, it looked like almost a flip of the second halves that we've been seeing so yeah. far, where the, where the Heat come out and they look like the team who is ready to go take the win. The Celtics were ready. Shout out to them. Now we got ourselves a series. Yeah, I could be wrong, Lee, but I think the first uh, four field goals the Celtics made in this game, like Trey said, were all inside at the rim. A couple of those were Jalen Brown mm -hmm. sort of picking on Duncan Robinson, who's a big body. He, he tries hard defensively, but you can exploit him. You can go at him. And uh, Jalen did that. And they did set the tone. And yeah, we can get into the fourth quarter when it got a little like, ooh, uh oh, it's getting a little too close for comfort here uh, with the Heat sort of making a bit of a comeback and the uh, you know the flagrant foul call on Jalen with the elbow and stuff like that. But ultimately, a great game fr from Boston because they were the aggressive team. And they did the work in those first three quarters. So that when that fourth quarter run came, they didn't really crumble this time. They held firm, and that was a big difference here. And you know, Brad Stevens coming into game three said he didn't really care about the result of this game. He wanted his team to show themselves, <laughs> right. uh, but they sure. did. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you can say after a game yeah. you won. Yeah, we didn't care if we actually pulled that one out. We uh, just happened to. But but what I, what I uh, you know, Trey mentions there how good Jalen Brown was, but how many times did it feel like the Celtics just created a steal and ran down the other end and dunked oh. the ball? It, 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 like, I looked back at the stats, and it wasn't sort of overwhelmingly in favor of Boston, but it was like, oh, my God, they just it's, it's three or four times they seem to steal the ball on two or three possessions from the Heat and just dunk it at the other end. Oh, yeah, Lee, at the end of the first half, uh, yeah. you know, sort of that strong end, three consecutive fast-break scores in the span of, like, 50 seconds yeah. to, to push the lead back to 10, too. I mean, it was a close game. Jalen got the steal. That was Tatum fast-break dunk. Tatum got a board. Beautiful leak out, you know, timed leak out from Jalen, hit ahead. That's a dunk. And then another Jalen Brown steal led to a fast break layup. You're you're absolutely right. It felt like every time the Heat got things a little interesting, uh, it was the Celtics, thanks to their defense, yeah. uh, get turning into the offense for sure. Yeah, their, their defense was absolutely superb. But also, they just were so aggressive going to the rim last night, trying mm -hmm. to put so much pressure on the Miami Heat defense. And it worked. And it was just that relentless push because... As we've seen in this series and we've seen with the Celtics is they can build up a big league, but they had struggled to sustain it. But here, and again, I think Jalen Brown was the really one who set the tone last night, like in the start of the third quarter. No, back to where we were as if it's the start of the game. Attack, attack, attack. 
put pressure on them. And then defensively, Goran Dragic really struggled last night. Like he couldn't get any sort of looks going that he had in the first two games. It was really only Bam who had a decent offensive game. Tyler Hero was okay as well in the first half. Uh, but that was the other thing with the Heat. They could never at any point get their offense going consistently enough where they were going to take control of the game again. And then when they did get it close, as we mentioned there, the Celtics just blew it right open again with some incredible defense. Yeah, well, let's give some credit to Brad Stevens uh, and the Celtics coaching staff for switching things up in Game 3. You talked about Dragic. Marcus Smart was on him. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they started Smart, their best defender, by a mile, uh, you know, at least at the perimeter position, on Dragic, on the Dragon. And then Kemba, okay, you cover Crowder. We're not too worried about that. It's not like they're going to be posting up Jake Crowder. And if they do, that's a win for us. But you're right, Smart just... He helped neutralize the dragon. That was, and we've been talking and talking and talking. FIBA Dragic. This guy's been amazing all bubble long. This, from what I can remember, one of his worst games since we got down to Disney World, Trey, where he had 11 points, just two attempts shooting, but also the five turnovers because Smart was all up in him. And I thought that was a, obviously a huge adjustment by the Celtics to be like, well, who's really killing us here? Yeah. A lot of bam, you know, side pick and rolls. That hurt us in game two. Jimmy has taken over at times. Even the shooters like Hero and Duncan Robinson have got some good looks at times. But Drogic is the one that's sort of leading the way here and keeping them in games half the time. Let's try and take him out, and they did a great job. It was about neutralizing the head of the snake, and they did such a good job with Marcus Smart providing the ball pressure, and then the big guys weren't necessarily in a drop coverage. They were just kind of coming up to the level of the screen and stringing it out, so it just takes a little bit longer to get into your offense. It really threw the heat off and, you know, the physicality of the Celtics as well, playing that style of defense to make it make it like the like the Heat have for the Celtics, just making yeah. it tough to move around on the court. There was just not as much freedom of movement. Every shot seemed a little bit more contested on the behalf of the Celtics. And it was just an impressive performance from start to basically finish. Yeah, Gordon Hayward too. Let's talk about him returning after missing a monthly with sprained right ankle. Now you look at the box score. If you didn't watch mm. the game, you're like, huh. Well, what did Gordon Hayward do? I mean, at six points, played 31 minutes. I guess that's good that he played that many. But he had an immediate impact, I thought. Because we had talked about it, Trey and I especially, like, he's a playmaker. He might be their best playmaker on the Celtics. And just having him out there, it opens things up a little bit more. Right away, nice bounce pass to Tice uh, for a dunk in the first quarter. And again, you know, only six points. But I thought he was instrumental in ultimately the victory. Yeah, his presence on the court just changed things, I think, for Boston. Like, it gave them a steady hand, another option. And for Brad Stevens, who's had to dive into his bench a little bit and had some of those guys who are a little less reliable, to have Gordon Haywood come out there is is just like it's gold for him. It's like, great, we can have Gordon Haywood come out, play 31 good minutes. You know that he's the guy who can give you 25 points, but he's also not that sort of a selfish player where he's like, I need to score straight away. He's happy to sort of slot back in there and do what's needed. And Mm -hmm. I I just think that's uh, now such a big, big important factor because coming off an ankle injury and coming in, I don't believe he said there was going to be any sort of minutes restriction and he didn't look like he was rusty at all. No, he looked looked tired, I thought. I thought he looked gassed uh, as the game went on a little bit. A a little bit, yeah, but he didn't look like he was uh, sort of lacking polish. Like he must have been working pretty hard and and, and he was ready ready to go. But yeah, I mean, trying to get your game legs back does take a bit of time. But again, 31 minutes... You know, that's almost like a full game for yeah. uh, for a lot of players. But if, if he keeps coming off the bench, and I, sus- I suspect he will, I mean, what a luxury for Brad Stevens now to have that guy come back into your series right when you need it, uh, right after you play a good game. Now they've got three days off as well to rest. So that's uh, that's good, I think, for the Celtics, that they won this game. They won it convincingly. 
and now they get a chance to sort of go, okay, let's uh, let's get everyone back on tra- track and, and hit them again on Wednesday. Well, I didn't was realize it? it had been five weeks since this guy played. Yeah. It seemed like yeah. much more recently that he was around, but he's just a stabilizing influence, somebody else who's going to make the right play. And he's tall. Like, that just helps having another guy out there who's 6'7", 6'8", to, uh, to help defensively and make plays when you need to. And I wish Tass was here because he kept bringing it up. I guess Gordon Hayward is not going to be leaving the bubble when his wife Robin has their fourth child. Did you see those reports? He's not. Yeah, no leave. surprise. He's no not going to leave. Yes. Um, you know. You know. Obviously, putting all this effort to get back in there, and now it's back on the floor. She's due. I guess like basically any day. I think yeah. uh, end of the month. End of so he would then have to leave again and quarantine again. I mean, he could just completely miss uh, the rest of the season for the Celtics. But he says he's not going to do that. I guess is that the case of the fourth child? Is that what it is here? <laughs> I, you guys, I can't speak yeah. to this, but oh. I'm sure if I had my fourth dog, I wouldn't have to miss a podcast. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, I got another dog in here. Okay, oh. great. No, they're gonna, I... name, they're gonna name this kid sprained ankle because <laughs> didn't get to be around for it because Gordon rolled his ankle. He's like, well, you know, got to see the family. I'll see this kid sometime. Let me just check in on Facetime at halftime. That was great. I'm gonna check in just to yeah. see if she had a baby. <laughs> All right, see you later. I'm gonna play 24 minutes. Lee, you're shaking your head. You're not a fan uh, of this decision. He's gonna uh, regret this. Uh, Gordon, uh, 30 it's... years from now, he's gonna regret this, is he? I'm telling. Look, I've got two boys, and there was no way in the world I was gonna miss their birth for anything. Um, but what about the fourth? If you had a fourth, yeah, well, <laughs> I would like In to the have Eastern been... Conference Finals. Yeah, thing. I know, I know, I don't know. I hope it's worth it for Gordon. If he's happy and his wife is happy <laughs> and at peace with that decision, then it's right. their business and nobody else's. But uh, I, I guess because he missed so much time already, uh, he's you know him and his his partner have decided. Just keep going because you might be done in a week anyway, and maybe she's still Absolutely. pregnant. Absolutely, right? You know, and you but, are playing for a championship. This yeah. is like they are. It's a possibility the Boston Celtics could win a title yeah. here, and it's yeah. and, it, and it's also not like Gordon Hayward's been around for a year or two, and you get that whole thing like I'll have other chances, no problem, well, we'll get back. You know, it's like yeah. he's been around for a while, and he's had that nasty injury as oh, well, where he's missed too. so much time. So yeah, yeah I, I'm sure it's like listen, you just don't know what the future holds. So maybe this is your chance. This is your opportunity get that championship and we'll just not tell our kid about it and hopefully he won't remember. <laughs> well, I want you said uh, before we got into the uh, Gordon Hayward little tangent there with Robin, uh, you said convincingly, a convincing win. Was game three a convincing win, Lee? I mean, I, yeah. I, I, thought it got, was... I mean, it was a point there where it was like basically a two-possession game. Yep. Duncan Robinson, I guess, missed a free throw. It was getting pretty close again. Yeah, but considering the way the Celtics have played and the way that they set the tone, I, I was convinced that game. I mean, even though it got close, as you mentioned there, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like to me that the Celtics lost control of that game. They were in control. And the way that they played, you know, they dominated, I thought, Miami at, at enough times to be like, yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is a big win for them. They, I mean, pivotal, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they had to get this game. <laughs> And they did. And and also, I just think from everything that came out of this game for the Celtics, they're going to go in now to game four feeling like, be aggressive again. Let's take out Dragic if we can. Yeah. And if we can get this back to 2-2, then then we're right back in this series. And uh, and, and again, I mean, they haven't they weren't like outplayed badly in the first two games. They, they just should have won, won the first two games. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just think now that they they sort of finally things went their way and they got things right, but they but they took control early on and uh, and made Miami suffer this game. So it, I, I was convinced after this game that that was not just a lucky win. Yeah, the Celtics have scored more points now in the series, right? <laughs> They've right. got the, the bigger margin of victory, which is hilarious. And yeah, it was a... The last three minutes were scary if you're a Celtics fan, no sure. They go into prevent offense where it's just yes, trying that's to take... Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's like 24 seconds on the shot clock every single time, and it makes it for tough shots, but they had, a, they had an answer for every single run. You guys mentioned the second quarter run. They did the exact same. 
at the end of the third quarter. Now they just got to figure out, hey, this game ends after 48 minutes, not 45 minutes. But I was impressed. You know, yeah. that's exactly what they needed. And it looked like the Heat weren't 100% in. They thought mm. they could pull it off. They thought they could flip the switch in the fourth quarter afterwards where they were saying, we realize we can't flip the switch like that. So yeah. they'll have a better effort in game four. But I was impressed with the Celtics. This is exactly what we needed to see. Very yeah. impressed, but I, oh, I'm glad you said it, Trey, because I was going to say it too. Get rid of this. Like when you get the lead and you're starting to get into the final six, five minutes of this game, like keep running what got you there, man. Like keep taking shots within the flow of the offense. But they do this thing where it's like the butt cheeks get super <laughs> tight and they are just killing the clock. And I get it. That's good on one hand, but I think they're going a little extreme with it because of the shots and the looks and the sloppy play. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's like, that's not what you should be doing in my mind. Mm-hmm. That prevent offense, as you called it. Not a good look. Just keep going. Keep flowing. It's okay. You might have the odd turnover, the odd rushed shot. Still probably going to be better than what you actually end up getting because you're just giving a great defense even more time to lock up and set up and stuff like that. And uh, and not, they got to get that. You got to take care of that if they want to win a championship too, mm-hmm. whether it's to get out of this round or even whoever they play in the finals. Uh Got to get a little better at that, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think the spotlight on that falls back a little bit to the coach. If if I'm the coach, I'm saying like run, just run a play that you know is gives you a high percentage look. And Jalen Brown sort of setting that being the screener early on worked yeah. for them. Right, it's right. Like if you can get Bam, if someone can drag Bam out of there, then just run a play like that. But but that happens as well. Teams get a little bit nervous. They like they just want to preserve the win, and they yeah. they get a little bit tight towards the end of games there. But uh, you know they pulled it off, and that's really all that counts. That's and, right. Um, you know, and and for the for the Heat. You know, Jimmy, we're sort of waiting to see that, you know, big punch here from Jimmy that we haven't really seen so far in this series, uh, you know, where where it feels like he can just go out there and, and, and truly, you know, flex his muscles. He hasn't quite done that yet. And I think their defense on him has been pretty good. Like, they know he likes to get into the paint, but no one's jumping, no one's biting on those pump fakes. And when mm-hmm. he gets in there, he's like... He's looking to pass out. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the big face coffee man responds to game four. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'll be honest. He had a garbage game three, I thought. I couldn't believe he scored 17 points. Yeah. I was like, when? When, yeah. when did he do that? I don't remember him contributing all that much. And then was he injured at the end? I know there's a lot of confusion. You know, they needed threes. I get that. He's not like a sharpshooter by any means, though he can hit them late in games we've seen in the bubble. Yeah, it was a little weird there, Trey, from Mr. Big Face. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a combination of Jimmy looking a little disconnected from the game and not being a great three-point shooter because the guys they had out sure. there, it was Dragic, Robinson, Crowder, who's been on fire, and Hero along yeah. with Bam, and they were trying to make up nine points in a minute. So, yeah, yeah, Jimmy hits the clutch ones, but if you're trying to score three threes in a minute, you probably want to go with the guys who are shooting 40% or whatever. But, yeah, let's uh, let's see a scoring game from Jimmy Butler yeah. in game four. You know, if, they're gonna, if the Celtics are going to do as good of a job of taking Dragic out of the flow of the offense as they did in game three, there's still creation out there on the floor for the Heat. It's got to be Jimmy Butler, and he's got to be looking to score because he was getting in the lane, I thought, in the first half. But yeah. like Lee's saying, he was looking to drop it off to Bam or kick it out. Just get some buckets, man. That's why your name is Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. A few, uh, few other notes from this one. I thought Grant Williams actually in limited minutes there, especially in the third quarter uh, when Tice, surprise, surprise, got in foul trouble. I thought he was great because he helped when Miami went to the zone. I mean, he can hit a three. He knocked mm-hmm. down a corner three. Then he got behind Bam there for a layup. I thought he, he helped. I mean, I thought we might get more Grant Williams in that game. There wasn't a ton, but... Also didn't know uh, at the time whether or not Gordon Hayward was going to be playing and how much. So that makes a little sense. But he contributed. And how about, Lee, that Jalen Brown block on Drogic where I can't remember someone blocking a Drogic like stop on a dime, pivot, spin, and then usually, you know, a little hook shot or float or whatever you want to call it. And 
He got Brown. You know, he got him. Like, whoop, whoop, whoop. He just goes sliding back because he does that. Dragic just stops on a dime. It's unbelievable. But then Brown recovered and, and somehow blocked that. And that was, uh, I think, a one that ended in a big dunk uh, from Tatum there on Crowder. Yeah, well, I mean, Jalen Brown is such a great defender. He did the same sort of thing, I thought, with uh, Pascal Siakam. Like, he very rarely bites on your fakes. He waits for you. And uh, and he's big, and he's athletic, and he's quick. And, and he's he got so there. quick. That's yeah. a and, thing and, to me. And that's the thing about uh, Dragic is, you know, he has got a varied offensive game, certainly the way that he scores the ball. But uh, the Celtics just, I mean, they clearly were watching tape and saying, hey, you know, this guy tends to sort of make a move here and then get ready for the fake or the pivot or the stop or whatever and just don't bite on it and be there. But uh, Jalen Brown... Defensively, I mean, he he he's a beast. He he put him down for an all defensive team at some point very soon right, uh, in right. his career because he's just so clever and uh, and and again he's he's different to the way Marcus Smart plays in the Jalen Brown. Like he, he's bigger and he's stronger and he just seems to read the the uh, offensive player's game really really well because again, uh, Pascal he owned Pascal in that last series. Uh, no, Pascal struggled, but I think a lot of it was to do with the fact that Jalen Brown was just so good defensively on him. So mm-hmm. I think he is their best, well, him or Marcus Smart. I mean, again, they're, they're sort of different in the way that they play, but uh, he's certainly 1 or 1A one in their de- best defensive players on that team. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes the debate that we've had before. I know it started to go away when Tatum blossomed into like a huge scorer and an all-star and stuff like that. But we used to have the debates like, who is the better young Celtics guy? Is it is it Tatum or is it Brown? Uh, and, and the reason you could lean maybe towards Brown at the time and even maybe some still, it's that defense for sure. I mean, he seems like the more well-rounded player. But mm. then again, Tatum is just like, you know, pretty ice cold. And I thought Tatum had a really... A really impressive game three here too. It's not being talked about a ton because of what Celtics did differently and figured out the zone a little bit. But eight assists, Trey, that's huge. I mean, and then he also still gave you the twenty-five. He hit the glass. That's a pretty monster game from like you're truly your star player, your all-star in Tatum. Twenty-five, eight assists, and fourteen rebounds. You gotta huge. love it. And it, like you're saying, it felt like he had a pretty slow game, just yeah. like he wasn't out there dominating. But he was just like Jalen Brown, getting his hands in passing lanes and. Just making plays, hitting the ball ahead on fast breaks. It was really impressive. And he's been a guy on Butler for a lot. You know, Tatum's a pretty solid defender, too. I think as his yeah. offensive game has expanded, you've kind of forgotten that he's actually given a little bit on the defensive end as well. So, yeah, it just was a perfect game for the Celtics. They had four guys scoring 20 points from their uh, from their starting lineup. And if that's the case, you know, like take your pick for who's been their best player on a night like that. There was guys yeah. just contributing all around. And, you know, Tatum probably has a little bit higher ceiling than Brown because he can make some plays off the dribble more. But you see Jalen Brown playing, and you see him in a series against Jimmy Butler, and you think if Jalen Brown can start being a little bit more of a playmaker, I don't think he has a great handle right now, but he could be on the Butler path of a guy who is a, huh. a defensive contributor who scores off cuts, who scores off athleticism, pushes the ball when you don't expect it. If he's able to get a little bit of an off-the-dribble game going, the sky's the limit. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, what do you think of Duncan Robinson doing a pregame interview <laughs> while he was working on his court? <laughs> that's just, just fascinating decision all around. I mean, yeah. he was wearing, like, Beats headphones, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, is this custom? What's going on here? Uh, definitely felt a little bit to me like... Um, you know, in dodgeball, when you come in and uh, Ben Stiller, White Goodman is like working out while doing an interview for somebody. Right. Not a great look. I, I love Rachel Nichols asking me like, you know, they talk a lot about uh, the Miami Heat conditioning program. You were actually told to bulk up a little bit, gain 10 pounds. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I just felt lifting. You know, we got the best <laughs> training in the world. We're so strong out here. <laughs> what a meathead. Come it on, was, bro. It was just <laughs> it was hilarious. But, it was uh, strange. When you're planking and someone's trying to talk to you, it's like, uh, uh, give me a second, right. guys. 
Not him. I know. He was just like having a casual yeah, conversation like, there. Going, Rachel? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, we're just doing some workouts here. And then the crunches he was doing as well. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Yeah, it oh. reminded me when uh, I had to do uh, a pick and payoff a long, long, long time ago. Maybe the first year of the starters on NBA TV. Uh, when I was on the treadmill the one time. I couldn't talk to you guys because yeah. I'm like I'm running. It's like I'm like busting ass on this treadmill trying to like co-host the show with you guys. I couldn't even get words out because like it's very difficult to do. But I was uh, I was joking on Twitter last night, Lee, that it'd be funny if you uh, if you were to do a podcast here just doing your bar three routine the entire time. Well, you know, we used to have one of those big balance balls. Yeah. Because you know, I think everyone buys one at one stage. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start sitting on it when I just like eat dinner and for stuff my like computer chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you sort of. <laughs> You use it once for about that first week. Then the boys started just playing with it, throwing it around, and it was too, it's too big and bulky. It can cause damage. So I let I let the air <laughs> out of it. Damage. Well, you know, like when they start playing in the house, you know, like and yeah, yeah, things yeah. Well, lucky you don't have two of them. You ever seen two people run at each <laughs> oh, other yeah, with them? Yeah. Oh, my God. People go yeah. flying. Okay. Anyway. Um, and then, you know, you take it and you put it in the garage. It sits there for about six months. And then I think we just donated it to Goodwill, actually, oh. only a few weeks ago because it was like, uh, my Why wife was the same. This? Yeah, she was like, "I'm not going to use this for my work chair." <laughs> so you, and you don't need uh, you don't need that big giant inflatable ball in the bar three workout, do you? Well, we have the smaller core balls. If you Ooh, remember those yeah. core balls, put those yeah. between your thighs. Oh yeah, seat. small yeah, balls yeah, yeah. between the thighs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, much more comfortable. They're yes. great. They're great. I've got got a couple of those in the house. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So do you think you could do a podcast like while doing your bar three routine? Like, uh, could you talk to us? You know, could you be doing all your moves, doing your I mean, Whatever not you when do. you're not when you're doing the cardio, but maybe when you're doing uh, some of the core stuff, I suppose you could. Yeah. But it uh, it wouldn't be pleasant. It wouldn't be fun experience for the listeners and viewers either. A lot of, so. a lot of grunting. Did you yeah. have any um any planking during your pick and payoff? You had an exercise one as well. Uh, too, I remember. I think we. I must have done some planking. Yeah. Because uh, I think I do I remember some jumping jacks that yeah. were yeah. Uh, precarious <laughs> with a with a sweat band with a sweatpants sweatband and a heavy mic pack hanging down. <laughs> we almost saw the core balls. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did burpees, right? Too. Yeah, I, I did some sure. burpees. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was actually fun. It was great to get a workout while you're doing the show, you know. Um, <laughs> but I want to know with the Duncan Robinson and Rachel one, like, was that planned then? It was like, okay, you can talk to him at, at whatever, six o'clock. And it was like, he's doing his workout at six. So do you want to do it at 6.30? No, 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 let's fine. Let's just do it while he's doing yeah, his workout. It's, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. Because to me, it also felt, I could be wrong. It didn't feel live to me. Like that, that mm. like whole little recorded segment. It felt like it was like pre-recorded, you know, like yeah. maybe yeah. ten or fifteen minutes prior, and then they just like, all right, we'll snip that little part. I don't know. That's that was my vibe to it. I don't know why yeah. I don't think it felt live. Maybe it was almost too close to the game yeah. for him to be doing that. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Just weird. Hadn't yeah. can't remember nah. seeing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, let's let's continue to be weird. Let's keep doing them. Yeah, very very funny. Um, what do you think of? Uh, I know we've seen him before, but it's even more pronounced. Trey, the Gordon Hayward look, the mustache look <laughs> that this guy's got going on. He just straight up has a mustache. <laughs> he just has a mustache, and uh, so does Grant Williams. You know, he came over to him in pregame. He says, uh, "If you need some energy, I can transfer my mustache onto yours." Wow. Uh, I don't understand how that works, but I would love to see him before game four. You know, uh, we just saw the Duncan Robinson pregame workout interview. Let's see how these guys trade mustaches before a game. Yeah, they just rub each other's mustaches <laughs> close together. You shouldn't be doing that right now with social distancing and all that. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, There was a lot of fun going on Twitter last night about uh, what he looked like. I said he looked like a guy that just like pulled off a great uh, train robbery. Looks like yeah. a heist guy for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it was... Uh, um, 
was it Dunkbait said he looks like a, the human version of an IPA or something like that, a craft beer or something like that. There's some good ones. He's got the hipster look. He's got the old timey uh, like you know robber look. There's, there's some pretty fun uh, fun jokes at his expense. Unfortunately, that mustache yeah. look. Yeah, every, yeah. Every, we've uh, we've loved Gordon Hayward's hair for a long time here. True. Just go do yourself a favor and throw Gordon Hayward barber into YouTube <laughs> and have a great time. Just have a great time. Yep. yep. It's back in Utah. Yeah, but. but he looks like every like kid's dad in the 80s as well you know just with yeah. that mustache you know just like because everyone's everyone's dad had a mustache when we were growing up you know yeah and, uh, he does he looks like um like an 80s afl player to me or something yeah, like yeah, that Lee. Yeah. like <laughs> you're right i'm there's... trying to think of who he'd be yeah but uh <laughs> but but uh, you know what respect to him because the mustache it's not really cool but he's kind of made his own cool you know like right. it's either the beard or the goatee or you know a little bit of like like what jason tatum's got going on there but the mustache is like, uh, it's like I'm a dad, you know. When you when you got the mustache, that's it. And uh, he's kind of made it cool. So who else really just rocks that? The straight stash. The stra- I mean, yeah, the straight stash. I mean, yeah. he has stubble going on too, yeah. right? So you can pull it off, Lee. <laughs> well, I used to have the big handlebars one. Remember for, uh, for <laughs> how could uh, I forget uh, the Merv? Uh, what did we do that a for? Summer league, a summer league. Summer league. Yeah. No, oh, uh, no, that was November, I guess. November, November. Fuse. That was yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sideburns in summer league. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Duh>. right. <laughs> The lesser known charity that we were grow, uh, making money for. Um, you said it, I think you slipped it into one of the podcasts earlier uh, on the weekend or early at the end of last weekly. Games in the bubble, right? They still count for home and road games? Yeah. The road designated team has won the last 12 games in which Boston has played. That is really, really Crazy. weird. Um, that's just strange. And in the playoffs, I guess, road teams are now 39 and 31. Uh, which is uh, maybe the best road record in a playoffs. It's like since like 2014 or something like that. So it's happened before, but that's pretty uh, shocking as well. That's a lot of road victories, but you got to wonder maybe maybe the home team should have been given more of an advantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw know, a like few people saying like, uh, yeah, I think or even uh, you know the first basket or something like that. But uh, we don't need that. I mean, the, this I think is a good uh, equalizer. It's mm-hmm. it's it's leveling out the games, and I think that's a thing. Like you're seeing, I, I don't think the uh, Nuggets come back twice from a three-one deficit if there's uh, if there's home and road games actually Probably out not. there. Yeah. Uh, I so I like it. I like we're actually seeing. You know, just the best <clears throat> basketball teams win. It's great. And, um, I mean, this won't happen again after this season. But in some ways, I kind of like it. I, I'm like, this is – I wonder how yeah. we could make this happen more often because uh, you just then see uh, a more um, honest uh, response uh, or, or <laughs> result, I guess, from these games. <laughs> I guess that's a way to put Very it. Honest, honest results. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, Heaton Celtics, yeah, not playing game four until Wednesday so, in theory, the West Finals, which started later because you had the Nuggets going to Game 7, so they can catch up a little bit. Like, the West are now going to play two games uh, before we even get to Game 4 of the East Finals, just to get them back on the same sort of uh, schedule, I guess. Yeah. But I think that's going to backfire. I got a weird could. feeling it's going it to backfire. Could. Because yeah. I think this one, Celtics Heat, a lot of us still think it's going long. It's going to go 6, maybe even 7 is my prediction. And I got a feeling... I don't want to count the Nuggets, but I got a feeling that one might be a quicker series. So it actually may have worked out. It almost may have worked out perfectly if they had stuck to this, right? Uh, Because you have one going longer, maybe the Lakers wrap up early again, and then it would have been sort of nice. But they want them to be a little more fair, too, because we're in this weird neutral sighting that there is at least a possibility they end around the same time, so there's no real advantage to the 
finals teams, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because someone's going to have a quicker turnaround in theory if they go longer. All right, so game four on Wednesday. Anything else from this one, guys? We'll take a break to pay the bills. Are you ready for some DraftKings? Mm. Yeah, it sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron this weekend, eh? Woo! I don't know why I'm saying it like a Canadian. This is American <laughs> football. Uh, Double header on Monday night. Two pigskins. One night. Oh, baby. Don't know who won, but uh, maybe that pigskin will finally be as big as that CFL ball, the Canadian Football League ball, huh? <laughs> yep. Our balls are bigger in Canada. It's crazy, but it's true. I didn't think this was a Manscaped ad. Balls are big, yeah. Uh, Luckily for us, though, that was just week one. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now, because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. That is simple. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. Wait for it. There's more than millions in this next line. DraftKings has paid out billions Billions. of dollars to winners since 2012. So they know a thing about cold, hard cash. Been around since 2012. Not a typo. All right. Uh, download the DraftKings app now and use code RUN. For a limited time, new users, users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code RUN, only at DraftKings. Make it rain, JD. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I've got a DoorDash ad read here and I like it when I have the DoorDash ad read because then it gets me in the mood to order some DoorDash something yeah. after the show. <laughs> We're going to be done around 11.15 or so. And uh, Sufi's Kitchen up the road, yeah. 11 o'clock it opens. So, you know, I'm getting that falafel for lunch and nice. I might even get some hummus. Actually, I don't know if I'll get the hummus because Roxana made some. I'll have some homemade hummus. But <laughs> everything else there from Sufi's is great. You guys have had it. It's, those salads they throw in on the side are incredible. Incredible. I love it. It's a Persian restaurant, if anyone in Atlanta is looking for something to have for it's lunch very, today. very, good, yeah. Uh, and you can get it on DoorDash. Of course you can. I've already checked that out. I wanted to make sure. I mean, I could walk there, but why walk when you can DoorDash? I mean, it just makes sense because uh, DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now or within about an hour or so uh, right to your door. Uh, it's so easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new... What's that word, Skeety? Contactless. Delivery drop-off <laughs> setting. I wanted you to say it. I, I can't say it either. Uh, and DoorDash, the thing about DoorDash, if you're listening from somewhere all around the world, maybe you can DoorDash in your place because uh, 300,000 partners are US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. Wow. Uh, it's not the whole world, but yeah, it's, ah, it's, it's, it's yeah, good enough. Good stuff. Um, so you can support your local go-tos. And everyone right now, those restaurants, they've been really hit lately with the uh, coronavirus so support your local restaurants if you can uh many of them still open and just for delivery so uh you can still get that great food and you can eat it in the comfort of your home which is great and uh i encourage everyone to do it because right now our listeners can get five big ones off and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 dollars or more 
when you download the DoorDash app and enter code No Dunks. Now he's rolling his R's like yeah, crazy. I can't I can't get the five dollars off anymore because I've already used mine. Uh, but I, I, and I'm not going to set up another account or anything like that. I'm not I'm not like that. Uh, so if you want to get five bucks off fifteen dollars, I mean fifteen dollars, you're not getting anything decent for less than fifteen dollars. So it's worth it. You can't even order hummus for no, uh, for you can't, you can't. Uh, that's five dollars off and zero delivery fees with your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code No Dunks. Don't forget, that's code No Dunks for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. And if you're in Atlanta, order from Sufi's, get the falafel <laughs> and the side salad. And you'll be happy. You'll have a great day. It's so fresh. And they only do that falafel wrap for lunch. They don't do it for dinner. You have to order the falafel Ooh, uh, I like, that. like separately and make it your own. So, um, yeah, uh, that's probably the best falafel I've had in the city of Atlanta. <laughs> okay, let's hit the beach. Let's have some fun. All right, a few questions for you guys. First one, hey guys, longtime fan, first time emailer. I heard comments about Jamal Murray, him being a borderline superstar, and it got me wondering how much of this is market dependable? Would Kitchener's Finest be considered one of the faces of the NBA if he played in LA? And who would be considered more of a star had he played in a bigger market? For me, someone like Chris Weber comes to mind. He's considered to be a great player, but had he played for, say, the Knicks or something, he likely would have been a legend. Add pun here when sober. <laughs> Greetings. That's from Hans in the Netherlands. I guess uh, sending this in a little tipsy. Forgot to put the pun when he got sobered up. Just click send. Um, but that's a good question. I mean, there's two parts there, Trey. Literally the Jamal Murray part. And then, you know, who else from NBA history, if they had played in a bigger market, would have been a bigger star? Or do you even believe that? Hmm, I definitely believe it a little bit. Uh, Certainly, it's easier to be a big star if you're in one of the biggest markets. If you're in New York or L.A., basically, then maybe Chicago. Though it's been quite some time since they've had a superstar-level player. Oh, wait, they had one. They traded him, and now he's a superstar for the Miami Heat, where (laughs) guess what? He's a star again. Nonetheless, it definitely helps, but the ultimate thing is winning, right? Because I always go back to the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they had two faces of the league in Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, despite being in one of the smallest markets. So if you're an exciting player and a successful player, people are going to find you no matter where you're Mm. at. But, you know, it's easier for a guy like Kyle Kuzma to be maybe the fourth or fifth best player on the Los Angeles Lakers and still have millions and millions of Instagram followers and everybody knows who he is because he's playing with the Lakers. He's playing alongside LeBron. He's playing in L.A. No doubt about that kind of stuff. But uh, the Jamal Murray thing, he must have been listening to No Dunks because I don't think anybody's bigger on Jamal Murray than No Dunks is. I don't think anybody else calls him Kitchener's Finest. Nope. I don't even think he calls himself Kitchener's Finest. Nope. <laughs> is he a superstar? I don't think he's a superstar, and I don't think it's because he plays for Denver. But if Denver somehow knocks off the Lakers, you're going to be talking about Jamal Murray as a superstar. Right, right. He is, he has gained popularity here with the 50-point no performances doubt. in the playoffs where people are like, oh, yeah, wow, that's amazing. Because there's not a lot of people probably watching Nuggets games, Lee, mm, no, <laughs> through I the mean, regular it, season. It's been a good bubble for him, for sure. It didn't yeah. look like that way, but those those big comebacks have certainly put him on the map. But, you know, it, it ultimately does come down to success because if you look at the Warriors— they were a, a laughing stock for a long time. And then all of a sudden, Steph and Clay and Draymond came out of nowhere, basically, and were like the most amazing team we've ever seen. And Steph became a household name. But before that, you know, the Warriors were trying to trade him. And like people sort of knew like he was a good shooter, but no one saw the explosion coming. So I, I look at that as, a, as an example of like, if you are successful, 
and all of a sudden you become a dominant player, then it really doesn't matter where you're playing. Now, San Francisco is not a small market by any means, but it's certainly not Los Angeles or New York in the same context that, it, that they are, that they are perennial sort of big market teams. Whereas the Warriors, like I say, they basically, other than the We Believe Warriors, didn't make the playoffs for 20 years and people were like laughing at them, mm-hmm. you know? So I think if Jamal Murray and, and the Nuggets there do continue this success and continue to make the playoffs and he's the star because we know he's going to be alongside there with Jokic, then I think he will become a household name. I, I think yeah. that's what it comes down to ultimately because, you know, again, the, the Warriors, you know, <laughs> nobody saw them becoming as dominant as they were. And it was like everyone just, like Steph became the biggest name in the world there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it can happen. It's it's ultimately determined by just how successful you are and, and how many points you score really or, or how you score those points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Damian Lillard's a great example. I, I think he's a star. He's a superstar yeah. in this league. I mean, he's in Portland up there in the... Uh, in the Northwest. Um, I don't know how many people on the East Coast are even like watching Blazers games. I don't know, but people know who he is because he has moments and he has 50 point per uh, 50 point games and stuff like that. And all the stuff, you know, marketability and all that too with Adidas and stuff. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I I think there's no doubt if Jamal Murray is doing this for the Chicago Bulls is is a great example, Trey. Um, Yeah. He's probably a bigger name, right? I mean, just because he's in a bigger market and he's getting more eyeballs on him. That makes all sense, but he's not there yet. As much as I love <laughs> Jamal Murray, he is a, a borderline superstar. Is Even that's being a little too kind. A borderline all-star. A borderline all-star. Right is, now for is, Jamal Murray. Sure, sure. But could That's he close to be stuff, a man. superstar? Yeah. But if he, if he knocks off the Lakers, then... Uh, oh, oh well. Yeah. I mean, if he, if he goes for a couple more 40, 50-point games and knocks off LeBron in the Lakers and they ultimately win a title, then... Then okay, yeah, he's in the superstar category. I just oh, think yeah. it's unlikely. Yeah, uh, let's hope. Let's hope. It'd be great to see. I mean, especially because the Lakers are having so much focus being back in the playoffs. This is LeBron's chance to get back to the uh, finals and win it again. I mean, imagine like Jamal Murray just sort of said, "No, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be this <laughs> no. guy standing in your way here." Uh, right, right, right. Uh, again, sort of unlikely. Uh, but what about the second part of this? Like Chris Webber was the example. Are there other guys that come to mind? Like you know, would have been more popular uh, throughout NBA history if they played in a New York or an LA. Like, who comes to mind? Anyone else? I saw my man Brad Beatson in the YouTube chat suggested something that I had on my list. Tracy McGrady. He was huh. he was in the top three players in the NBA, I would say, and at his peak, but he was playing for the Magic and the Rockets. You know, Houston is a humongous market, but they're not necessarily a medium market per se. And, you know, it was like, People would say that Kobe was miles and miles ahead of Tracy McGrady. And, you know, in the all-time rankings, there's no doubt he is on account of team success and championships. And, you know, Kobe was was at another level for the entirety of his career that T-Mac didn't really get to. But T-Mac at his peak... He was right there with Kobe, Um, you know, for the ease of scoring, the the imprint he could have on a game defensively if he was really engaged and, you know, just how quickly he could get buckets. Basically, Uh, he could have been more in the mix for MVP consideration if, you know, he had made his way to the Knicks before the end of his career. Yeah, and, and, and needed again that playoff success, right? Winning a bunch of series, having huge moments. I mean, there's so few and far between, really, with McGrady. I mean, well, it was the opposite with him. He kept right. falling over in the playoffs, right, you know? Right. He That's blew that 3 1 lead. He blew the 2 0 lead against the Rockets, right. uh, against the uh, Mavericks, excuse me, that time as well. And it just kind of became a joke that, like, McGrady just could never get out of the first round. So that certainly yeah. counted against him. 
Yeah. Anyone else, Lee, that comes to mind? Well, Vince Vince does. Um, I mean, he had, of course, the big dunk moment at the All-Star weekend, um, but he was playing for Toronto. So, I mean, if he was uh, doing that... Vince was a superstar in the States, even though. That was the yeah. crazy part. I mean, he's he was on leading Center. All-Star voting every yeah, year. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree know. with that one. That one's crazy. You're right. Him being in Toronto makes it even more impressive mm, mm. on the Raptors. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think if he you know if he was doing that how much bigger he would have been if he was doing it for the Knicks. Okay, I guess he would true. be bigger. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong, but you know, he was like if he was like Trace at the top. Yeah, carry. Well, they you know they went to the playoffs there, of course, but just more like that 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 superstar with that superstar appeal in New York City. But then again, Vince, knowing how he was, he probably wouldn't have liked it actually being in New York either. Yeah. You know. That could, have gone, that could have gone south yeah, quickly, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> on New Jersey. It's pretty close. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, no, it's just a funny one. It's just a funny one with Vince because, you know, I, I just think he had the the attraction, the star attraction. But, you know, even even though he was still big on the Raptors, how much bigger would he have been in, in Chicago? Okay, or- okay, this is interesting. Was Vince more of a star when he was on the Nets or was he more of a star when he was still in Toronto, Trey? Uh, he was more of a star on the Raptors, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, he was the country's player. He had had the dunk contest in a yeah. Raptors uniform. And then the fallout from the Raptors was terrible, right? Like yeah. It tarnished his career. Yeah, oh, his, his, reputation his reputation going to New bit. Jersey yeah. was brutality. Right, 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 right. Huh, that's a fun fun one there. All right, we got one more here. Hey, Wedgie Mites. I wish I could be more like Tyler Hero. He has a 20-year-old rookie playing in his first NBA playoffs, and he has no conscience in nut crunch time. He must have confidence in spades and large balls filled with ice water swinging between his legs. <laughs> Holy me. My wife is 23 weeks pregnant with our first child and I'm as cool as a cucumber. Like hero's testicles? No, I am not. I'm constantly crapping my pants and freaking the F out because I've never done this before like a normal person, but not Tyler Hero. He plays fourth quarter minutes with the diaper changing swag of a dad waiting <laughs> for the arrival of his seventh child. Which leads me to my question. What is something you were abnormally confident doing for the first time that would make normal people shake in their boots? Every time I hear <laughs> shake in my boots, I think of that weird video we did in San Antonio where we played Extreme Horse. There's a snake in my boots. Um, keep up the amazing work. You guys have been a great source of fun in these craptastic years of 2020. <laughs> Parsnips, lollipops, dad bod. That's from Matt T in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great email there. Yeah. And uh, congratulations uh, to, to you and your wife and good luck. But uh, what do you think, Lee? Yeah, good luck, man. That's the first one. Oh, 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 oh. You have no idea what's coming, Matt. But yeah, yeah it's fun a bit. Uh, well... <laughs> Listen, mine, mine is, um, I've got an answer here, but it's not like something that uh, would, would make normal people, have, you know, shake in their boots. Okay. But something I did with confidence the first time is, uh, so when I moved to Toronto, I played a little bit of slow pitch, you know, where we need Tassie here to cue up the music. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And so people would say, well, this is not cricket, you know, and I'm like, uh, yeah, but see, in cricket, in, in cricket, the easiest shot to hit is one that doesn't bounce. Right, we call that a full toss because it doesn't move, it doesn't hit the pitch, and then move at all. So if someone throws you a full full toss, you can hit that away. Pretty wait, wait, easily. wait! You can do that in cricket? Yeah, you can do it. I mean, you don't. You, the bowler doesn't do it often on purpose, but occasionally it slips or whatever, and it just goes without bouncing. And that's illegal. Oh, it's illegal. Like yeah, I could hit, the, I could hit the wick, I could hit the wicket or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a, it's pitching a like a pitcher. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, you're not you're not throwing. You just you're just rolling it over, but it just yeah. comes out of your hand wrong. So that's the easiest that. ball in cricket to hit. So whenever right. you're playing as a kid, if you saw one of those, you were just like belted away as far as you could. 
So when I started playing soft, uh, slow pitch softball, every yeah. pitch is a full oh, toss. This is so easy. <laughs> yeah. I was and the, problem, the problem was you kept running to first base and back to home. First <laughs> well, that was I was What are I you did, doing? I did have to figure out, so with first base, you can run through first base, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I figured out that, but then I didn't realize you had to tag up if, uh, you know, someone hits it out into the outfield. You can't, like, I would just start running as soon as they hit it. Right. I didn't realize you had to tag back once they caught it to make right, the play. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that was uh, that was funny. But as far as hitting it, I, I shocked a few people because I could just belt it, like, as far, you know, as far as anyone else and get a lot of runs because uh, that, that, to me, was, like, a very easy thing to do. Wow, the so, Aussie slugger. Yeah, and then in and then fielding in cricket, of course, only the guy behind the stumps, the wicketkeeper, has gloves. No one else has gloves. So when you're out in the field and you've got a glove, I'm like, oh, this is so easy. This is simple. Plucking, plucking the ball out of midair all the time. So, uh, yeah, it was great. It was wow. so much fun. Yeah, I love playing baseball or, or you know, softball <laughs> or slow pitch or whatever you call it uh, because it like was a pretty easy thing for me to adapt to. Have you I, ever played baseball, though, like hardball, like... No, no, Just, I've never had someone obviously. throw the ball like like a baseball. The only time I did that is at the uh, Atlanta Braves games here in the uh, batting cage. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, ah, put it at 80 miles an hour. I'm going to belt this thing. And, <laughs> it by, yeah. and, like, you don't yeah. even, like, you, the bat doesn't even come <laughs> off your shoulder and the ball's going. And I was like, all right, all right, 70. Let's do it at 70, you know. Same got a, sort of got thing. a little contact. Oh, yeah. Gets down to about like forty-five, and the ball's just lobbing out there, and you're finally hitting it. Like that—that's incredible about baseball is just how quick that ball comes, and you can't even like you've got to basically swing before well, the ball's even yeah. like uh, come. And you down hear the, the machine whirring up, and you've got to start swinging. <laughs> you know? crazy yeah, it's dude. very scary crazy too. but uh, okay yeah so yeah okay i guess softball not making normal people really shake in their boots <laughs> no <laughs> maybe no, i'm wrong no, but, no, uh, but yeah, i you prefaced yeah, it with that people underestimated that that i'd be able to play it i think and, uh, okay. and i was like oh, this is this is great i love this game mvp and yeah. toss is easy <laughs> full tosses and full mets come on but hold on hold on one thing with softball is you got to drink like piss beer after the game you know that would have been your the worst uh, thing for you. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, swill. Okay. You're like, oh, no thanks. I brought my own wine. <laughs> well, back in Toronto, we had a bit of uh, Alexander Keats, which is not too bad. You know, people brought out the good beer, you know, not that Molson rubbish. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> Alexander Keats. I haven't thought about that beer in so long. The green See, bottle. See, that's, that's a good, honest standard beer you know it's not- you and everything being honest <laughs> it's all about honesty <laughs> man honesty and integrity <laughs> you just you know it's not going to knock your socks off but you're going to enjoy a few of those beers like it's not not a beer where you're like oh i'm sick of these now you can just enjoy them they're fine they're good good solid beers not going to knock your socks off but you might sock some dingers <laughs> yeah alexander <laughs> keats i'm lee ellis the greatest softball player of all time <laughs> cheers to you there you go what do you got? Do you got an answer for this, Trey? Oh, uh, I like how they eat spicy food. Mm. Yeah, we had Lee, speaking of picking payoffs, we had Lee eating uh, hot, mm. hot peppers. Yeah. <laughs> and this man was struggling. <laughs> <laughs> like, dry heaving. We got snot draining everywhere. Oh, yeah. Give me one of those peppers. The same thing is going to happen to me, you know? I know I'm going to be dripping in sweat from eating anything that's a little bit spicy, but I love it. I love, I love oh. the pain of it because, you know, it's going to be brutal when it's happening, right? You're going to hate it, but it's going to be over. It's going to be over in half an hour. You're going to drink some milk and get on with your day. Have some Alexander Keiths and you're all right. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> but, but yeah, I'll, I'll always eat something that is dangerously spicy. Yeah, I 
I've, I'll do it, I guess, for a, whatever, a better if other people are doing it just to try it. But I do, like, our buddies, like, you do it with our buddies, like, the crazy, like, wing parties, and everybody tries to find the dumbest, hottest, you know, sauce you can put on that's going to kill you. It's like, I just don't really get, I don't get the oh, it's dumb. the joy of that. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I can't even taste the wing. Like, I, my mouth is numb now. It's like, why is this fun? But you're right. It's, it's People like the punishment. See how far you can take it, I guess. Yeah, and you're exactly right. It is almost pointless when the point of eating the food is like to barely even be able yeah. to taste it, but you got to know how hot it is. That's the thing to me. People are like, oh, this is so hot. How hot is it? Mm. <laughs> Scoville. What's the Scoville on that <laughs> Tell one? Tell me Scoves. <laughs> All right. Great questions, guys. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Uh, real, real quick. Uh, oh, your, yeah, your, your honest beer, Lee, uh, is partly owned by Anheuser-Busch. So uh. I just wanted to point that out to you. Honestly, they seem to own everything, don't well, they? They, do. they own everything, you know. Yeah. When did they when did they start uh, ownership? Because back uh, in 2001, I don't think I think it was independent. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's shit now, and it was shit back then. <laughs> IPAs are garbage. Sorry, Lee. Ah, uh, no, they're not. They're not. They're fine. They're fine. I just uh <laughs> you know, when you're new in a country, you want to you don't want to be like give me give me that like uh you know, uh, a beer that I've had before. I want the new stuff. I want to, you know, fit in with the locals. Fair enough. What'd you, th- what'd you think of uh, Moosehead? Do you have any Mooseheads, Lee? Yeah, I've had some Moosehead. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fine. Honest yeah. enough for you? Uh, yeah, it's honest. Yeah. I mean, Steam Whistle. Ugh. I heard big things about Steam Whistle. Didn't enjoy that. Not so good. Rickards Red. I'm a Rickards Red man. Oh. <laughs> Brewed by Molson. Oh, no. <laughs> That's, it's like two companies in the world that brew beer. It's, I keep saying it, it's like that Simpsons episode where they have the three different beers all going into the one. You know? <laughs> or the one going into all three. The dry, the light, and the, I don't know, what is it? What do they call it? The, uh, the duff. The Duff mm. Light, the Duff Special, and the Duff Dry, and it's all right. the same beer. It's That's all it. The same, man. There's no different beer out there. It's just all the, it's all one beer. We're all so just drinking dishonest. that same beer. Well, and that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like you pretend or you say how much you hate like a Molson or a Bud or whatever. But I think if we put it in a beautiful bottle, we put a nice sticker on it, you know, it's a nice hot day out on the patio, I think you would take it and I think, this is an honest beer. This is refreshing. This is good. It's all in your head, mate. Uh, Yeah, you're playing to my weaknesses there for sure, you know. It's a good day. I got the sunnies on. We're having fun. Having a beer? Yeah, let's just have some beer. Have a good time. (laughs) Well, keep sending in your questions. No dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in if you want at No Dunks Inc. Let's take one more quick break here on today's show. I love my high student loan payment, said no one ever. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) If your student loan payment is too high, it's possible refinancing with Earnest could help you lower your monthly payments. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. Just send, sorry, just answer a few questions online. It only takes two minutes and then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. That's big. And there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, the internet loves Earnest customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. Almost makes me wish I still had a student loan so I could use this thing. That's a lie. I wouldn't wish my student loan debt on my worst enemy. Now, you can get a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with earnest.com slash no dunks. Once again, 
you get a hundred dollar cash bonus when you refi your student loan at earnest.com slash no dunks not available in all states visit earnest.com slash no dunks for more details get a pencil you're going to want to write this down terms and conditions apply Earnest student loan refinance loans are made by Earnest Operations, LLC, NMLS, uh, number 120491017. Got that? Uh, California financing law license number 6054788, Second Street, Suite 401N, San Francisco, California, 94107. Visit Earnest.com for a full list of licensed states. Can you give me that sweet number? Again, <laughs> I Did I catch a niner in there? It's a 401N. Oh, okay, thank you, thank you. A few things in life as great as paying off that student oh, loan, though. Such a great feeling. I mean, I, I, rem- I can remember the click and going, oh my God, thank God that's done. Because um, I had that as well. You're right, I would have liked a little earnest in my life back then, JD. Mm-hmm. Sounds, uh, sounds like this could help some people out there. So go check that out. Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on The Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body, yeah, everybody, hydrate your body, right? Hydration's back, all right. We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon lime, put it in my water, and I get the energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win, because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks with no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Okay, guys, it's time for Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. So, tweet of the night, I was going to go, you know, with the whole Gordon Hayward uh, mustache look, and we could have pulled some of the best responses of what does this guy look like and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people had fun on last night's Twitter with doing that. But I came across this tweet, and I was like, hmm, we should do this. Isaac K. Lee of The Ringer tweeting, hear me out. Whenever there's a kicked ball violation, the game should just turn into soccer for the rest of the possession, and they have to score using their feet. Tell me that wouldn't be so much more entertaining. 
What do you think, Lee? Is Isaac got a great suggestion here. When there's a kickball, hey, play on, let's go, but now you got to use your feet. And I like things it. Things get a little wacky for a possession. I like it because there's quite so a I. few guys out there who you see when the ball is a dead ball and it rolls to them, they pick it up with their feet, or yep. you see Steve Nash, he'll head it around. Marcus Gasol's done it, Siakam's done it. Joel Embiid's a very good soccer player. Yep. I think just for that possession, for that remaining 24 sure. seconds, why not? Why not? Let's have some fun. <laughs> Let's mix things up a little bit because you can just see someone getting the ball and then you know heading it over someone catching it and trying to lob it in like it'd be awesome yeah, yeah. let's do it why not right. okay Trey what do you think no don't no. do it don't do it I think you should shoot with your hands no. if you want to grow soccer in the United States though this is a great way to do it you know start saying hey if you play soccer you could eventually play in the NBA as well right uh, but at the very least they should do something similar if it's a kicked ball uh, it usually, if you're the one who kicks it, it's going to be out on you, right? The other team gets possession. If you're able to, when the ball is like kicked from your foot and it's still in the air, if you're able to save it and kick it off another player on the other team, you get the ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. You know, mm-hmm. You're probably not going to be able to score off of a kick, but you should at least be able to have a chance to save your own possession. Okay. Okay. I know who hates this suggestion. Our good friend, Kelly Dwyer. That man hates anytime somebody <laughs> kicks a basketball. Trust me. Tweet at him. It's the mystery minimal Hoops. basketball. It's the most disrespectful thing you can do, he thinks. Don't, you know, you see people do it. I'm guilty. I've done it in mm-hmm. the gym, you know. You, whatever, you're kicking the ball to the side because you're going to get the run going or it's just fun to try and kick a ball every once in a while in. It's so fun. You shouldn't do it. Katie says you should respect the basketball. You shouldn't kick it. Well, I think he also yeah. says you shouldn't even sit on a basketball. I think you're right. You're wow. right. That's, you start that's too extreme for me. What a great pose that is. Sitting it on is a, ball. a good pose. Yeah. Mm. It is a good pose. It's a cool feeling, too. You feel cool sitting on a ball on the sidelines. <laughs> Did we, we started this podcast talking about sitting <laughs> yeah. on balls and how it sucks, but now it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> All right, I'll sit on a basketball for tomorrow's show, okay? Let's see if we can do it for our whole show. <laughs> That's why we win the Webbies. We bring it full circle, just like an exercise ball. All right. Let's hear uh, what you think of Isaac's suggestion there, whether it should turn into soccer for one possession if we get a kickball. I love that idea. All right, guys, tonight, game two of the Western Conference Finals. Lakers obviously up 1-0. Pretty convincing game one win. We didn't get LeBron checking out there for game one. So as my voice slowly goes here, Lee, what's one thing you're watching for in game two? Well, if the Nuggets can get their offense going uh, a little bit better than they did after that first quarter on uh, on uh, whatever night that was, Friday night, I think it was... Um, because the Nuggets, they need guys like Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr. hitting threes, just keeping that flow going. And if they can do that and if they can keep the game a little bit closer, you know, then we're going to see, can Murray take over like he did in those uh, previous series? It's going to be a completely different set of circumstances doing it against the Lakers. But if the Nuggets are going to win this game, they have to keep it close and at least give themselves a chance down the stretch there. This one wasn't really close after the... Uh, you know, sort of second quarter there where the Lakers uh, open things up. Dwight like, Howard opened things up. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, if, if you are the Nuggets, it's like got to keep it a little bit closer because this team has shown it can end games very well if given the opportunity. But when you're trying to make up a, you know, 15, 20 point deficit against the Lakers, it's going to be a, a tough ask. So they just have to keep it close, really. That, that's what I'm looking for. And again, that'll be uh, dictated by their offense, getting contributions from guys outside of Jokic and Murray. Mm-hmm. Okay, Trey, what are you watching for tonight? The flip side, the Nuggets defense also has to be better. There is a lot of improvement to be had uh, for the Nuggets here. And to me, the key defensively for them is that they got to get back in transition because they got killed in fast break points in game one. The Lakers made it a point to run uh, off makes, off misses, off turnovers. And, you know, the Nuggets just aren't able to really play at the same pace as the Lakers when it's when it's a fast game. 
they want to be able to walk it up, post up Jokic, get some uh, some good actions. But when you're sprinting back to try and play defense, it's impossible to do. The second part of it is, what are they going to do with Anthony Davis? How are they going <laughs> to limit his effectiveness? Part of that comes with getting back in transition. I don't know if we're going to see more double teams. I don't know what we're going to see. But after seeing AD dominate pretty easily in game one, that's a that's another huge area of improvement for Denver. I'll tell you who likes the Lakers' chances of going up 2-0 in this series. Vegas. I think they're favored by seven and a half Lee tonight, which, uh, you know, yeah, a little, I was like, whoa, okay. Um, a little shocking to me. I thought it would be a little bit of a closer line with, you know, the Nuggets. I don't know. Why does it feel like already that they have, uh, to, have to have to win yeah. this game? So they're going to give it their best shot. But I'm still taking the Lakers, by the way, to cover yeah. that. Yeah, I think the Lakers are a little too much for Denver. I hope they prove me wrong. I hope we get a close game again. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for joining us on here on Sunday's show. Email us your questions and comments, like I said, for our next Beach Steppin' podcast, nodunksattheathletic.com. Go to nodunks.com to get your No Dunks merchandise. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Athletic. Please tell them we sent you by going to theathletic.com slash nodunks. You can sign up right now for the best sports writing in the world for $1 a month. What a deal. If you haven't done so already, go to theathletic.com slash nodunks and sign up. You won't regret it. I truly, truly believe that. Guys, I was going to say who's got a quote, but let's oh. say the Clipper Bros here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. There we go. Who's got a quote for us? Lee, what, what do you got for us? You got anything? Sitting is better than standing. Brace the day, people. <laughs> you could stay. <laughs>